Hey John, how's it going today? When okay, hang on. <laughs> I know this is the intro. We're gonna include this in the episode, but when we when we just synced up, did you did you say stink instead of sink? I absolutely did not. It sounded like you said stink. <laughs> I a hundred percent did not. I don't think I did. I don't know why I would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really confused me. It, I feel like... I, I, see, the thing is that I will sometimes just misspeak, and so it is completely within the realm of possibility that I did. Um, <laughs> But, like, I, I don't know why that would have happened. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, and and now, now I feel like I have a lot of credibility on the line over whether or not <laughs> I accidentally said stink instead of sink. We'll we'll, we'll, right. ha- we'll have Alex figure it out. <laughs> yeah, the scariest part is it's on audio. Um. Anyway, how, how are you doing today? What's going on? I'm I'm doing okay on this fine, not usual day we record on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's been a week. Uh, I, uh, I'm I'm still out here playing the the funny, the funny MMO. That's 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 taking up a lot of my time. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, a lot of my new computer parts arrived today, so that's pretty fun. The, the rest, yeah. the, the rest are arriving tomorrow, so I can't, I can't throw it together yet. Uh, oh God, oh fuck. What are you waiting on? Um, uh, I have an SSD on the way and then copy of Windows and then I think a keyboard and the monitors. This guy bought Windows. I I don't I don't know anybody who just has a, a I don't wanna I don't wanna go through the process of tracking down my own thumb drive and like getting an illegal copy of Windows and throwing it on there and I they'll just send me one. It's fine. I, I, that, I like that, burning money, okay? That's that's fair. I um I think I got my current copy of Windows off, like, one of those, like, uh, shady-looking, like, key resale sites, um, for, like, $25 or something. Yeah. Um, way cheaper than you can get it up for, like, officially. Uh, but it works. Um, I don't know, I don't know, like, who they committed credit card fraud against to, <laughs> to get the key, um, but, you know, it's, it, it worked. Um... Buying Windows is a is a funny thing. Yeah, yeah. I felt <laughs> I kind of frowned at the idea of it when I was going through the process, but I just I just kind of stuck with it. There comes a point where like it's it's just easier to not pirate it. Like I had a co- I had a pirated copy of Windows ten for a while when I first bought my computer, um, and the the kind of maintenance you had to do to make sure that like Windows update didn't fuck everything up. And the compatibility worked with, like, uh, sometimes, like, Steam games and stuff. It, it just ended up being, like, more of a hassle than I wanted to deal with. And so I ended up just actually buying Windows next time I upgraded my PC. Yeah. Um, it's just freaking annoying sometimes to, to pirate things. Yeah. So I I guess uh, Microsoft is... So they probably have a team at Microsoft being like, all right, how can we make life as hard as possible for if you pirate <laughs> Windows? They're doing their job. Um, I don't think I really, I don't, I, I had a relatively unexciting week. Um, I 
basically just played a lot of video games. I started playing Destiny again because they re-released a, a raid from the first game. Um, so I am once again playing bad game Destiny 2. Man. Uh, but other than that, uh, I had a pretty boring week. Yeah. I think I think my life for the foreseeable future is going to become trying to track and try to track down a graphics card. Uh, oh God! Because while while I did get uh, a CPU with integrated graphics, uh, I was looking at videos and all the videos were like, "Yeah, it, it it'll it'll give you 30 FPS uh, on the lowest possible graphics in like any video game." And I was mm-hmm. like, "I was like, that's." That's about what I'm dealing with now, but my laptop will just, like, randomly freeze. So I would rather, like, go ahead and, like, throw my computer together and, like, game at about what I was already gaming at and just remove the fact that my computer, like, randomly freezes. Uh, So I think I'll be fine, but, man, I... GPU drops just happen at, like, the weirdest hours, and I'm, like... It it, it always feels like it's, like, just out of my reach, and it sucks. Horrible. Uh, uh, if any listeners have a have a thirty sixty Ti or thirty seventy just laying around and, and, and want to give it to me, still uh, in the box, just, <laughs> just laying around. Re- reach out to me. I <laughs> I'll gladly take it off your hands. <laughs> I was thinking about um like upgrading my PC or like building another one uh recently, and then I remembered that it's like literally impossible to get a graphics card right now because fucking crypto has only gotten bigger since the initial since it like initially became impossible to get a graphics card for a good price yeah um, I, I i'm hoping to uh to get one of the ones that nvidia announced that's gonna have limited hash rate uh but that's that's on the software level and not the hardware level so those will probably still like sell like hotcakes instantly find a way yeah god it's so fucking annoying yeah. Every, every time I see like one of those videos of like somebody going around their warehouse just full of graphics cards, like I I, I just start feeling violent urges. Infuriating. Um, Horrible. It's truly the truly the worst thing. Uh fuck off. Like it just even besides what it's done to the fucking ability to actually build a computer, just like, dude, that is the this is the worst thing ever. Like all of your life savings can fucking go down the toilet because Elon Musk tweets the wrong thing. Like, are you kidding me? Are you yeah. stupid? Yeah. I hate crypto nerds. <laughs> Once again, I fucking hate crypto nerds. Uh, anyway, uh, we actually got a, I think we got a pretty good reading uh, this week. Do you want to get into that? Is there anything we want to touch on before we hop in uh. to Homestuck? The only other thing is that I'm, I'm really enjoying this Ramane that I picked up at the store today. It's, it's the, nice. The, this what? Ramane. Is that a word? Ramane? Uh, the 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 Japanese soda. Oh, I've never had that. The the funny marble soda. I have never had that. Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, my my local grocery store stocks like three of them at a time, and I I am always the person who comes in and buys all three of them. Hmm. Uh, is that a, is that a recommendation? Yes, uh, that is a recommendation. It's very it's very surprising that you've not had it. It it, it just seems like one of those things that you you would have had at some point in your it, life. It, it, uh, nope, nope. Like like I, like it's like it's like it's like part of the big two, ramen and Pocky. Like, come on. 
I, Pocky is like okay. I I'm not really that big of a Pocky fan. I feel like there are much better like weird candies. You can, it's not even that weird of a candy. It's just like chocolate sticks. Yeah, it's it's just I I would say the two biggest Japanese snacks that like weebs eat ramen ramen and Pocky. If you, if so, are drinks considered snacks? Can that can that fall in the snack category if it's a soda? Uh, I think so. I mean, uh, a drink is, like, high enough, uh, depending on the drink, if it's, like, high enough in calorie content, then, like, I guess it could be a snack. Hard-hitting questions uh, here on a Homestuck podcast. D- 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 listeners, comment below, do you think a drink can be a snack? <laughs> um, are chips dinner? Chips are dinner. I think I think that that's a pretty settled, settled question. So true, um, so true. <laughs> anyway, uh, you want to get into this? Sure. Uh, our, our main subject matter for the day? Okay. Alright, well, uh, so, we left off at the end of Act 6, Act 5, was it? Um, with a whole bunch of shit happening, uh, Jade showed up, Jade and Jane got mind-controlled, Dirk is out in the furthest ring somewhere, and shit is just generally in complete fucking disarray uh, out in the in the Alpha Kid session. Um, so today uh, we rejoin uh, our meteor crew uh, for Access Intermission Five, and we we zoom in here on Carcat harassing Dave about their imminent arrival. Um, as we can see, the meteor is uh, just about to to reach the new session. Uh, and Carcat's got, got some complicated feelings about this. Um, mainly, uh, he just doesn't feel like they're, they're ready to be here yet. Yeah. Um, he's stressed out, uh, partially about their, the, the battle readiness of the crew. Uh, Terezi apparently is in real bad shape. He's stressed about Terezi. Um, and generally just seems to be kind of insecure about the situation. Um, as he's trying to get in contact with Dave, Dave is, Dave is not responding. Uh, Karkat turns to a, uh, a borderline comatose, generally not great looking Terezi here. Um, it's not, not a pretty sight. Yeah. Yeah. Terezi's looking pretty, pretty rough right now. <laughs> Yeah, not not great. Um, Karkat, uh asks, uh, "Where are your fucking pants?" Which finally gets Dave's attention. Um, he responds, uh, "I'm wearing them." Um, but then we get this conversation between Dave and Karkat. Um, Karkat brings up that he wants to stage an intervention uh, for Terezi, uh, not for Rose, who probably actually needs it. Um, but, uh, he's, Karkat is really worried about Terezi and wants to get Dave in on this to, to try to set her on the right path. Um, Dave doesn't think that Terezi needs one. Uh, his perspective on this whole situation is that she's made her choices and sometimes a young woman's choices are to start becoming a juggalo. Uh, and Dave just doesn't want to get involved in this anymore. Um... He has apparently uh, just tried to wash his hands of the whole situation and just move on from Terezi. Uh, Carcat, on the other hand, is 
still upset about this. Um, he wants to try to. He talks about uh, uniting the team and how we can't work like this. Uh, and generally, I, I just don't think the Carcat is exactly over Terezi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor Carcat. I mean, it's got to be tough to get over somebody when, like, they're one of three other people that you have to talk to for three years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Carcat, uh, the reason the Carcat wants to involve Dave in this is, uh, apparently he, uh, it, it, what what does he say here? Um, he's he's not so fortunate as he says. Um, I'm not so fortunate to be blessed the, with the gift of gab like you. So he misinterprets what the 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 whole meta perk shit does, but it, it gets at that Karkat just doesn't feel like he can express himself in the same way that Dave can. Um, which is which is cute, I guess. Uh, but uh, we want to kind of talk about more about like Dave's perspective on the whole situation. Um, Dave, uh, it's kind of hard for me to read how much of this is like Dave being correct and how much of it is like maybe just Dave not wanting to involve himself in a situation that he's still kind of sore over. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um. His perspective, what he says here is there's really only so much you can do for somebody. Um, I'll, I'll quote him here. Uh, the, maybe they aren't going to want or need your help and you just have to figure out how to deal with that. Like, at some point in your life, one of your friends might start spending all her time with a guy you think is bad news. You just have to decide if you need to intervene as a friend or just let it go because people can change or drift apart, whatever, because that's just something that happens. Which is true? Um... Gamzy strikes me as bad enough news that maybe it would it that maybe this doesn't completely hold. I don't know if this is an extenuating circumstance or not. Um, Dave drops on on a car cat what he thinks is the news that uh, Terezi and Gamzy have like a a black rom thing going. Carcat already knows. Uh, Dave feels like an asshole for trying to keep it secret, and. They kind of commiserate over the whole situation. Um, Dave apparently, uh, he just he had a thing. He, he had like a thing going with Terezi, um, but her involvement with Gamzy just made him too uncomfortable. He couldn't do. He couldn't be part of this whole troll situation, um, and it made him uncomfortable. The whole Black Rom premise. Yeah. Uh... Dave asks Carcat about how things are going with him and Gamzee, and apparently, uh, according to Carcat, they just haven't been talking. Um, Gamzee's just too up his ass about uh, his clown shit. Um, Dave and Carcat uh, kind of come together a little bit to just dump on, dump all over Gamzee and how fake his clown religion is and how totally there's no way any of that is real. Um... And then there's this uh, really adorable uh, bit where Carcat gets he 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 gets anxious about his friendship with Dave, um, and he asks, you know, what's going to happen after all of your friends get here? Because I don't I don't have any friends, and you have all these friends, and Dave is very very uncharacter almost uncharacteristically sweet about this, and he's like, listen. All my friends will also be your friends because they're cool, and I will still be your friend because I love you. Um, and it's great. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was, I was gonna say this is, uh, it, it was kind of surprising because like Dave just like one or two pages ago was like just saying some like really mature stuff about like moving on because like people change, and then Carcat turns around and then says one of the most like, oh, these are teenagers things mm-hmm. like ever like are you still going to care about me when your friends come back like <laughs> it's it's really nice it's really cute poor car cat little baby yeah poor, poor car cat um i i, I really like this whole this whole kind of conversation and premise um it's really it, it's it's kind of difficult to see terezi like this she has nothing to do here really yet yeah um, but obviously she's not really in, in, in great shape, just judging by the image on 5934. Um, I mean, it can't be healthy hanging out with Gams all the time. Um, especially if it's got you fucked up enough to be, be fucking, there's figure all over the goddamn floor. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, woman, get it together. Um... But I do, I do really like the, the, I, I have liked all of, like, the Dave and Carcat stuff that we've gotten through the other intermissions in Act 6, and I think this is a really, uh, strong kind of, uh, bonding scene for them. I think this really establishes their relationship really well. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, they, they, obviously, it's, it's hard for both of them, obviously, like, for all the shit we give Carcat and how weird he is about Terezi, like, it, he does seem to care about her. Um, it's, it's weird and awkward, but, like, it's there, and it's gonna be painful for him to, for, to be in the situation where his former best friend is, you know, no longer talking to him, and has a weird thing going on with Terezi. Yeah. Um... And uh, same for Dave. I mean, Dave was, like, less weird about Terezi, uh, but it it still kind of sucks for Dave, where Rose is the person he's the closest with in the meteor, and she is now battling alcohol problems and also spending all her time with Kanaya, apparently, so Dave doesn't really have any company, um, and same deal with Terezi. Yeah. So I, I like how these two have kind of been kind of forced together by circumstance and the way that they they're they treat each other is surprisingly nice yeah it's good i like a lot just guys being dudes yeah Yeah, just guy what's better than this um yeah like i said like the the way that dave the way dave talks about like the terezi thing um is a thing where like i can't be like it, it it's part like real wisdom and part like I feel like uh, being in the position that they are, like you know, in, in normal teen drama circumstances, I think that maybe it's entirely fair to be like, yeah, I don't want to, uh, I just want to move on, I just want to try to get the rest of my life in order. Yeah. Um, but given the circum, given their uh, unique extenuating circumstances on the meteor, I think uh, maybe maybe they Dave and Karkin have a little bit of duty to try to. Um, uplift the the surviving members of their team but i completely understand where dave is coming from here yeah yeah um 
I love the bond. I love the bonding over how much Gamzee sucks. It's hilarious. <laughs> so true. Gamzee does suck. <laughs> he he really he really he really does suck. Um. Yeah. Uh, kind of sucks to be Carcat. Kind of sucks to be Dave. I'm glad they're figuring something out together. I really I really like these guys. Um. Let's see. Anything else? Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You have anything? I was just gonna say the the only thing left in this segment is Terezi being awoken. Oh yeah, Carcat uh, does blast Terezi awake with the horn. Um, chill out, dude. Chill out. I was gonna say, um, all the conversations about Gamzy uh made me um, it. I, I I had to step back and like try to put together like an internal Gamzy timeline. Yeah, yeah, it, it it does start to get a bit confusing about what's going on with Gamzy around this point in the comic. Yeah. Um. So there's so I went back uh before doing this episode and I reread um a good chunk of the green pages from Act Five Act Two because there's another part that I I was thinking about. Um. But. In there, uh, there's, like, the first conversation between, like, the, the first conversation from Gamzee's point of view, uh, between Dave and, uh, Gam- or no, between, from Dave's point of view, between Dave and Gamzee. Yeah, 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 I know of, which part. Of, like, yeah. the, the two. Um, and it's, it's interesting to try to piece together, it's, it, it's, it, it was neat how, like, one how neatly it fit together with all of, like, the Act 6 stuff we've gotten so far, like, in the 2,000 pages since. Yeah. Um, but also, like, it just kind of, it was what kind of got me thinking of, like, trying to piece together this Gamzee timeline, so, like, he freaks out uh, in Act 5, Act 2, stuff happens on the meteor, and then at some point after that, who knows what happens, he ends up in Caliborn Servitude, he ends up going to the the far future, wherever, uh, to, to, way way future earth um but yeah uh i just want to shout out like going back and reading the green pages um it is really cool to see like how neatly it all fits together yeah um i know that when we were doing that uh you well you kind of said it like yeah this is like setting up for act six um and it, I I was surprised at like how much it like actually did set up for Act Six. Almost like so far back in the past, this to its detriment because we've had so many pages of drama with the with the kids. Yeah. Um. Between now and then. Um. But like the detail of like Gamzee, like he he says like he he looked into little Cal's eyes and like it filled him with like a new purpose. I forget how exactly he says it, but like. He basically describes um, exactly what we saw happen recently with, like, Jack uh, and, like, being spoken to by Caliborn through little Cal. Um, and it just gave me, it, it, it gave me, like, an appreciation for, like, all right, uh, this story is still a, a, a coherent story and Axix is not, like, its own thing. Yeah. See ya. I'm, gl- I'm glad you uh- see that. It was cool. There's more to come. It's going to get way more exciting. <laughs> oh, poggers. That's so sick. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. 
that's kind of all I had to say about um this initial section uh Dave and Dave and Carcat good um agree agree you've, you've heard it you've heard it here first listeners Aiden's been Dave cat pilled this is I a- mean I see like I get it now like I kind of get it now um it it's I, I, under, I understand it they, they have a very cute relationship um and they can they uh, they can be for each other whatever they need to be. This is my opinion on. Hell yes. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Moving on. If there are no objections. Um. We, we get our uh. We get our 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 first taunting. Um. We get an <laughs> Act Six Intermission Five Intermission One. Um. Which is uh one page. And it is a page of Caliborn speaking to Hussey uh, on his horrible new uh, Caltop headset. Um, we got here is a he, he is mid quest. Uh, he is gaining some minions who appear to be felt members. Uh, he is conquesting planets, um, and he's talking about uh, building his his own dark carnival. Um. He's he's got some mobster leprechauns, uh, and that's about what we get out of this page. Great stuff! Great stuff! <laughs> great, great stuff! The the uh, the one thing that no one expected felt lore. <laughs> yeah, um, I knew I like one of the things I picked up on like through the buzzings of like when Homestuck started updating again before it ended, um, is like the felt becoming relevant. <laughs> And this is, like, I don't know, I, I mean, I knew that it had to happen at some point, but it feels so weird to bring them back into the story. <laughs> Intermission skippers are furious! <laughs> Intermission skipper is coping and seething right now. If you skip the intermission, you don't know uh, that, what what's the blue one's name that his power is just going really slow? Doze. Doze, shout out to Doze. Um, so yeah, uh, Caliborn is, 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 is questing. Uh, he's doing it. And he's, he's getting minions. Um, resuming, uh, Axe Intermission 5, um, we now go to the Prospect Battleship, which has crashed on Jake's planet. Uh, makes, makes sense. Um, and what's going on is, uh, not a lot. Uh, we are treated to a monologue from Dave Sprite, uh, addressing a sleeping John. Um, and this is a little bit painful. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about this part. I think, I think my brain made me forget about this part because of how sad it is. It's so sad. Um, yeah. Uh, Dave Sprite just kind of, he kind of like, He's just kind of rambling as he is inclined to do, um, and stumbles on the topic of Jade and how she's gone, and starts being like, "Man, I feel so bad about how I how how things worked out with me and Jade. I don't think she deserved Feather Dave. Nobody deserves Feather Dave. Uh, I'm gonna just leave, man. Um, 
I don't know how I feel about this. It sucks. It's it's just uh, sad, especially whenever whenever Dave Sprite refers to Dave as real Dave. Like that's I don't like it. I I I I don't like Dave Sprite not considering himself real Dave. I it, don't either. It, it really sucks. Yeah. Um I I am like uh, on the verge of just saying that I I just don't like this from a narrative perspective. Um like I can understand I I can kind of understand like the the depression one would get from being on that half of the the split, right? Being on the Protestant battleship because it's really like it's it it's John Jade Dave Sprite, and then Grandma, uh, Jasper Sprite, yeah, um, and then like a hundred thousand animals, yeah, um, and if you and like, <sighs> I just feel bad like. I understand the Jaden Dave Sprite thing. Like, I think that that's a, a fine thing to have happen. But it just feels wrong to me that, like, um, there there just isn't, like, th- that we never got, like, any detail about, like, John and Dave Sprite hanging out. Like, Dave is still, like, Dave and John are still, like, a, 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 we are told they're still, like, best friends. And it feels weird that like we didn't get like anything of that like their relationship yeah throughout these lunar missions um yeah i i feel like it would have helped to like throw in like at least like one like some kind of conversation showing like a disconnect between them or something because i feel like i can see that happening because you know, Dave's rise from a timeline where John died and John still has like his Dave. Like this is just like an extra Dave who showed up and was like, oh, I'm a, I'm from a, a, a dead timeline and then became a Sprite. Like, mm-hmm. like they know each other, but they don't like, th- there's like a disconnect there. And yeah. I, I feel I feel like it would have been better if like there was a conversation thrown in there like showing that disconnect. Yeah, and I feel like that would have been totally like in line with the story, right? Yeah. I, 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 th- there was some bit like when John was freaking out, uh, like the the previous year, yeah. um, when he had his little meltdown, um, where like he he was like being weird about Dave Sprite. Um, but we never got that moment that we never got anything to like really show us why Dave Sprite has to be completely alone after him and Jade didn't work out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know if I like this direction for Dave Sprite. I mean, it makes sense. It, 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 I, I don't know what I'm getting at here entirely. I like the Dave identity crisis thing. I think that this is like one of the, it's a strong point of the comic. I think it's like the, the whole, it, it, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, but this just feels so, uh, forced that they get to the new universe and Dave Sprite just says like, 
I am miserable. Uh, I don't think any of you deserve to be burdened with me. I'm going to just leave the comic now. Yeah. And I, 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 I feel like that's just like a, a product of like how the three year journey has been structured because like, it's it's evident that the, like everybody who was who was on these three year journeys like have their own stuff going on like we have we, we have Terezi and, and Rose both having their own issues like they're basically out of commission uh Carcats now freaking out about the possibility of like lo- losing all of his friends Dave's just kind of there I Dave's gotten more verbally rambly I guess but like besides that there's no like clear like he's having issues so he might be fine but then i mean he's got there's the whole terezi issue yeah there's um, a terezi issue like but but like it's there's there's like hints at like issues going on but because it's like the three-year journey and it's 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 just gonna peek in like every year and like give us like a quick jump in to show what everyone's up to like it it doesn't really give a chance to like linger on these issues and and i feel like that kind of sucks like I feel like I I feel like there should be more, like jump ins at like different points in time because, especially especially with the alpha kids like there 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 are these themes of like Homestuck is clearly about growing up and we're we're at the point where it's like man growing up really sucks you have all these issues, uh, but it it doesn't really linger on the the issues that that those on the three year journey have it's it's just. It just kind of tells you that there's problems going on, and you just have to accept it. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's worked for the most part with, like, you know, uh, John and Jade. Um, like, I think that the the meltdown sequence did, like, a pretty good job of conveying, like, how bad it would suck to be stuck there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. like... For as for as much as open bound was painful, like there was enough there of like, like spattered in there with uh with what's going on with the meteor to like, kind of convey the general arc of what's going on with these characters. Um, but Dave Sprite has this is essentially like, the first we have really heard from Dave Sprite since like, I don't fucking know, like mid Act Five. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it just, it it feels like Hussey remembered that Dave Sprite is a character who had uh, internal workings and was like, oh shit, I have to, I have to do something <laughs> now that the, the, the years ended, the three years have ended. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm not really a big fan of how he's kind of handled here, to be honest, but yeah. Um, what else? I, I know that, like, it, it feels so goddamn weird that, like, there's, like, cosplayers in the watermarks when he leaves. Like, that's, like, that was, like, eight years ago. It's so strange. Where is this person now? Where, where are they? Where are these people? There's more than one. Is there more than one? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to see. Um. I, I know there's the one, like, in the middle, like, right above. Oh, there's the one up in the corner. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I think there's two. I think there's just two. Mm-hmm. It's weird. But yeah. Um, I guess peace out for the foreseeable future, Dave Sprite. 
Oh wait, that no, there's weird. three. There's three of them. It's so hard to see on my laptop screen. I I had to open it in a new tab so that it's on a black screen so that I could see it better. Uh, huh. Yeah, there's three. Okay. Well, uh, t- <laughs> next next time we'll have their full names and social security numbers, so stay tuned for that. I guess we sure will. <laughs> um, yeah. Peace out, Dave Sprite. Feels weird. Um, uh, moving moving forward, um, we get a our second intermission intermission. Um, Caliborn is is still questing. Uh, he's got more felt guys. Uh, he's got Clover now. Um, who's uh, who's just who he cannot kill. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. He's he's still going. <laughs> um. Let's see. So moving moving forward, uh, we 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 see what John is dreaming about uh, as Dave Sprite monologues to him. Um, he is he's in the dream bubbles again, uh, and he he just, he comes across a pirate ship, uh, and of course this pirate ship has a number of pirates on it, including but not limited to uh, Riska Tavros, Mina, and Arania. Let's go. Uh, we get, we get, our, we get our, another reunion. Um, apparently, according to Vriska, uh, the plan is well underway. Uh, the the search parties have consolidated their efforts. Um, and they are uh they they have led Lord English in one big circle. Uh, following their treasure map. Uh, apparently, the treasure was the whole time where they started. Uh, funny how that works. Um, there's a lot of great banter here. Uh, already and Sol- already and Solix show up. Um, it's 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 pretty good. Uh, Solix is uh doubly punished now. Uh, he looks really stupid. Um, yeah, th- th- this this little exchange here is great. Um, I like it. I don't really got anything specific to say about it. Um. Let's see. Uh, it it feels a little bit sad to me personally that Aradia is just kind of relegated to showing up every now and then to be like, "Hi, I'm doing fine." Uh, but I'm happy for her. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, she's she's doing her thing. Like she said, yeah. she was gonna hang out with the ghosts, and she's doing her whole little death person thing out in the ghost world. So like, she's doing her thing. Good for her. She's. She's befriended all of the billion dead Nepetas. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's like any important lore in here. Uh, there's something about um when you prototype a ghost, you yank him out of the afterlife. Um, and I was wondering if the reason that Gamzee is going around throwing all those corpses into the sprites is to like remove those ghosts from being in the dream bubbles interesting um, theory okay the way you said that made me think i'm onto something <laughs> um who knows uh I, I i i did appreciate solix completely outlining what is going on with him uh even though it does not make any sense at all <laughs> that was nice i lo- 
I love that he says, um, I should just wear a shirt that says, please don't ask me about my disability or my mortality. Um, then everything would be fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, Solace has got a lot going on. Um, the... <laughs> Something is really funny to me, like, just conceptually, that, like, Gamsy prototyping uh, Solix's dead body, like, fixed it so there's no longer two half-dead Solixes, and there is now one dead and one alive Solix. Um, that's funny to me. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the... Solix being aware that the other that the dead part of him is currently sharing a body with Aridin is really funny. Um, I don't know. He's going. He's going through a lot. Solix really. Solix really cannot catch a break. Um. Let's see. Uh. Solix uh gives Riska some shit here. Um, for her devaluing of uh not human life but a troll uh afterlife um there's an interesting moral question raised of uh so Vriska and Arania have a mind-controlled army of ghosts um who are effectively serving as bait slash cannon fodder for Lord English um, Solix sees this as not great, uh, because even though they're dead, they're, they're still people. Yeah. Um, and he, he sees it as, as wrong that they're basically just there to be massacred, uh, to take, take the hit for Vriska and company. Um, Vriska just kind of brushes this off as being like, it's, it's war. What are you going to do? Um, and, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, Solix has a point. Um. Solix does have a point. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh, war, war is hell, I guess. War never changes. War's changed. (laughs) Um. I, I, I like this I, I find it interesting the 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 bit about um Arania saying that uh Vriska has uh swayed her in some ways. I would like to give a shout out to how fucking annoying it is to read some of this dialogue because Vriska and Arani have the same color. Yeah, I you re- reading Homestuck you, you get you get so incredibly used to like not looking at the name because you know everyone's colors and then you have two people with the same color talking right next to each other and it, it it, it it all falls apart. Having to read the names of the characters is horrible. It it's funny because like we just had that bit. Well, just we we had that bit um in a uh, intermission four where like uh Caliborn changes his text color so that uh you can read him and Hussey talking more easily. And now we're just back to this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's I, I think that one of the more interesting character points here, even though we don't really know Arani that that well, um, she has had a lot of she's had a lot of dialogue for yeah. how long she's been around. Um the her like being swayed by Vriska into being like, you know what? I think that maybe mass scale ghost mind control is okay. Um is 
an interesting character point. Um, I don't know if it's like an I I don't want to say it's an indicator that like she's evil. Um, because they are still apparently you know their their quest apparently here is is working towards the defeat of Lord English. Yeah. Um, but also like. I feel like it's not an unreasonable suspicion that something weird is going on with uh, Mina and Arania. Um, Mina obviously is like a she's she's fun, but like there's still a I think the reason to be suspicious of her given how much she idolizes uh, the Condess. Yeah, and Arania just being like, okay, I think this is great now is like a little bit suspect to me. I um. I I am not going to comment on on these observations great great um yeah i i think i think it's i think it's fair to be it's, it's to think it's kind of weird yeah it's it's um, it's fair to be sus yeah the, the also like the the thing about like forming a circle around uh like in the furthest ring is interesting as well um i I don't know. I don't know if there's much to say about like the physical workings of paradox space, and like whether this is like a circle or like a sphere or like what. Um, but yeah. the way that it's like enclosing the green sun here in on fifty nine forty eight, uh, I think is is interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. That's all. That's really all I can say. I I don't know what's going on here. Um. Uh, page fifty nine fifty seven has far too many cankeries on it. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, there's three of them. Yeah, that's way too many. Um, this also this page also I would I would like to talk to this page. So like, I was trying to make sense of the the detail about um yanking ghosts out of the afterlife. And the way that it read, um, initially was like, oh, so like if Gams if Gamsy prototyped Aridan, then like there's no Aridan ghosts anywhere. Uh, but there's an Aridan ghost right there. Um, so I I guess that all that that does is remove whatever that in like the specific ghost associated with that specific dead body. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, kind of silly, but but whatever. Um, I, I guess Gamzee has some good reason to want to keep fucking Aridan out of the, actually, <laughs> actually Aridan makes sense because Aridan has, because there was a whole thing about the angels way back in act five. Yeah. And I think that that, I think that we might be closing in something related to that sometime soon. Um, and I say that because we're about to get a gigantic lore dump here about cherubim boy boy howdy are we courtesy yes. of our favorite character arania aranian is is about to fucking nerd out and info dump the shit out of some cherub lore uh because john has not heard it yet um i would like to shout out uh 5960 the return of uh of that aradia uh <laughs> big fan <laughs> it's so good <laughs> um I love everybody. I love everybody's faces here. <laughs> Mina looks like she's going to die. <laughs> Solix is just there. This is a really good Vriska. Yeah, that is a good Vriska. <laughs> this is a great Vriska. Um, anyway, 
let's let's get world building. My God. My God. All right, I have I have like two full pages of this. Um, so Arania hooks us uh by say but with with uh a our protagonist our our heroine uh for the first part of the story. So Arania hooks us in with uh our our heroine here a a female cherub wandering her galaxy her territory in search of a mate. Um. The first detail that really uh, catches your eye here is that the the cherub wings look an awful lot like the hope symbol. They they sure do. Interesting. 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 Detail. Um. I, I th- my first thought was like, uh, oh, like it, it was it was Calliope a hope player? But like, no, Calliope was a, was a space player. So. Uh, who knows what's going on here? Um, I'm sure that there's no association between this and Aridin's angel thing going on. Um, but I, I, I guess we'll see eventually. Anyway, back to the actual lore. Um, according to Arania, uh, cherubs uh, are, as we know already, they're an antisocial species, um, and they may go lifetimes without encountering one another, except when it is time mate uh we get the background about how every cherub begins life as uh apparently two distinct beings um one is good and one is evil uh these are subjective but as ronnie says they work for the purposes of the story um i also find that like you know kind of an interesting way to to put it um i don't know if it's intended to be like this big like hook but it is, you know, it, uh, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, ultimately, uh, all cherubs, their two halves will grow to hate one another. Um, and depending on their, uh, orientation, they will develop a social view based in, based around the animosity. So the good ones like Calliope will grow to prefer to avoid conflicts, um, uh, and avoid one another to avoid to try to not have uh to not see other cherubs because they're they're that is associated with uh the hate they grew up with and the evil ones will be inclined to just channel that outwardly and hurt one another um eventually uh for all cherubs one half will predominate um effectively killing the other one and uh, the adult will then grow on, will then go on to when they mature, uh, seek out a mate that has the same properties as their lost half to uh, reignite the conflict. Apparently, um, th- this is this is the weird part. Yeah, me. it's a little bit weird. It, it, it's a little strange the way that it's put. Um, but like, but whatever, whatever. Aliens are weird. Um. The, the the gist is that uh, adult cherubs will seek one of the... A good one will search look for an evil one, and an evil one will look for a good one to reproduce with. Yeah. Um, so, this cherub that we're specifically focusing on here, uh, one day came upon the trail of a male... of a, destruct, of a particularly destructive uh, male cherub. Um... 
and that was uh, and uh, she would go on to pursue this other cherub. Um, we get our epic uh, fan troll cameo here. Man, <laughs> hey, did you did you did you check the numbers for like how much these fan trolls cost? Should I pull that up? I did not. Can you pull it up? Uh, Homestuck Kickstarter. Let's see. How much money went into the making of this specific page? Um, fan troll. Uh, $10,000 per character. Uh, the, Woo! yeah, the, for the, for the Homestuck Kickstarter, there is a $10 pledge that gets you all the rewards, all the previous rewards, and your fan troll would become canon and appear in Homestuck. Two backers. Incredible. <laughs> and and Tw- we're looking at them. <laughs> $20,000 gone in a flash. <laughs> this is a... T- these are... This is, both of these pages average out to being worth $10,000. I, <laughs> I, I, I like to joke about this, but like... People who who read Homestuck and know Homestuck and like wonder about these two trolls if they don't know already... Uh, they just end up looking it up and knowing. So, that, like, even though, like, these characters appear for one page and are then just vaporized, uh, they are immortalized. And mm-hmm. d- they they will long outlive all of us. Yeah. It, it's funny because, like, you know, you pay $10,000 and your characters appear for one page and then they are obliterated. Um... But also, like, you paid $10,000 in your characters in Homestuck. Yeah. So, like, who can say? I don't want to be too harsh, but um, the one on the right is really funny to me, because this is, like, the most, like, 2013-ass fan troll I've ever seen. The, the, uh, the person who made this fan troll is, was definitely into, like, steampunk stuff at the time. Absolutely. They're so funny. Um, huge fan of this one. Um, but yeah, uh, shout out, shout out to these. Um, okay, uh, back to the, back to our lore dump, if you don't mind. Um, so, Arani describes the, the existence of cherubs in the universe at large is as, she compares it to that of, like, any other ecosystem, so... The destructive ones uh, might, you know, wreak havoc upon their territory. Yeah. But the benevolent ones uh, are inclined to protect those within their territory, maybe come in conflict with the evil ones. Um, and the the presence of the two balance one another out, more or less. Um, this comes to the, the, the footnote that uh, if... A destructive cherub were to somehow obtain uh, unprecedented uh, power, then the consequences could be disastrous for all of Paradox space. Um, Man, so I, I, I sure hope that doesn't happen. Time to take a big sip of water and read Homestuck. <laughs> um, let's see, going on. Uh, Arani goes on to describe. Uh, the 
insane uh mating ritual that the cherubs uh are are carry out um th- apparently um cherubs will typically uh mate uh at the site of a black hole um as part of their life cycle uh the so our our heroine here uh finds the male cherub at at the site of his birth uh, by this black hole um and they begin their mating ritual in which they both turn into a unfathomably large cosmic serpent and duel to the near death dang that is crazy (laughs) i didn't see this one coming i'll be honest uh Having th- this piece of knowledge, uh, it it is it is always fun to to point back a- and look at the early drawings from Caliborn, uh, because he he he, he in a very jarring manner uh, drew everyone in just one line, and, and everyone interprets that as as Caliborn was drawing uh, the Alpha Kids as giant snakes. Uh, so do with that information what you will. (laughs) Oh, huh. That's, that's neat, I guess. I mean, like, uh, we knew that he was, like, attempting to draw filthy pornography. Um, yeah, that is, that is a really funny detail, actually, a really funny interpretation of that. Um... You just have me thinking of like the first drawing we ever <laughs> saw from him, and like it, it, like, and how we spent like ten minutes losing our minds at it. What a good time, God. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, cosmic serpents. This is a thing, I guess. Great stuff. Uh, yeah. Um. Apparently, these fights can take years. Um, they they become immune to any kind of uh, influence from the outside. You can't hurt them like this. Uh, the, and then the loser of the fight is impregnated um, and then will go on to lay the eggs. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think the most interesting part in, in in the 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 funny snake sex scene uh is uh the the part where Arania says the transformation taps into the cherub's latent connection with the enig- enigmatic forces presiding over all that is eternal and permeating all those endowed with immortality and and you will see that they are they're, they're kind of flashing in in the way that like the god tier stuff does like when 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 we saw the kids god tier and when when John was killed and like resurrected, uh, it mm-hmm. it was the same flashy energy. So the, the there's implications of like cherubs being like super special, especially especially along with the stuff that like implies that there are always cherubs in every universe. Yeah, it's it's it's. It definitely feels, um, I don't want to say it just feels like a complete ass pull, uh, b- 
because I feel like Homestuck always has like some room for mythos. Yeah. Um, but it it feels really weird, like just getting this information. Yeah. Um, Understandable. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, it 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 I like okay. It, it makes sense, like, you know, to have, like, you know, there's another alien race, like, you know, Lord English has to be something. Um, and then we get, like, the, okay, there's, there's the cherubs. Um, so, it, I, I don't, I think it's, like, it's completely fair, it's completely fine, like, I don't have a problem with it. Um, but it's, like, so fucking, like, out there. It's, like, right, we have this other alien species, and they're just the most, like, they're, like, gods. It's so strange. Yeah. Um... But yeah, uh, not not to glaze over uh, that cherubs also do empreg. Um, <laughs> so good for them. <laughs> whoever loses the fight has to lay the eggs. They get fertilized. Re- um, really weird concept. It, I I don't. There's a little bit of weird weirdness going on with that fact. Like the loser has fine. to be the pregnant one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I it, it, it doesn't seem that pleasant. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> but it, it it is funny to put it like that. The loser has to be the pregnant one. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. So the male cherub here, the evil one, uh, lost. Um, and is now forced to find somewhere to lay the egg the the egg for uh their offspring on um, and it would it would just so happen uh that he would go and he would find uh earth uh apparently long after it has been transplanted to a new star um which is another weird detail that keeps getting brought up and not addressed um but uh the apparently cherub eggs will incubate uh in the heat from the dying star um and then uh later in life if the if the cherub goes through its normal life cycle uh it will return to the site of its birth where the uh after the star implodes and becomes a black hole and then uh quote unquote feast on the cosmic energy um and that black hole will then serve as the beacon later in life where this mating ritual will take place. Yeah. Um, it mentions that cherubs normally will grow wings and then just fly off their planet as part of their normal life cycle. Uh, this will, would not happen with Caliborn. Um, we also got this detail that I thought was kind of funny. Um, what was it? 5973, I think it says this? Or it's, I don't know. I, I stopped taking complete it says a couple pages later but um what i was gonna say is the the detail that uh if the if the male parent lays the egg then the resulting uh halves of the of the offspring cherub uh, one is male one is female um will will have the same orientation as their parents so the uh, in this case because the male laid the eggs uh, the male cherub offspring was destructive, and the uh, female one was the benevolent one. But if the female cherub lays the egg, then it's reversed from what the parents are. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if, uh, like, it, it could just be a random detail, but part of me wants to read this as, like, a, a, an apology or, like, walking back, like, the Lord and Muse thing where those classes were gender specific. Um, because, like, it, it, it wouldn't, it doesn't really make any sense from, like, a world building perspective if, like, uh, if it had been the other way around and Calliope had been the destructive one and Calvar had been the benevolent one, um, and then they'd end up playing the game, like, this wouldn't have worked. I, I just kind of wonder if, like, this detail that, uh, the passive and the aggressive sides aren't bound to the male and the, the to the female and the male cherubs. I just, I just wonder if that's, like, a, an apology. Yeah. For walking something I, back. I have always wondered about the, the the flipped and not flipped factor because it is like a really random detail that's like thrown in there mm-hmm. like because I, I i guarantee that like that doesn't come up like anymore in the comic and it's just here and like yeah it serves as a kind of world building but like if it wasn't there like it would be exactly the same so it it really just feels thrown in there and i I feel like that's a solid maybe, but I don't know if Hussey put that much thought into it. <laughs> I don't know, maybe somebody sent him a Tumblr ask that was like, hey, this was kind of stupid, and it just kind of like sat in the back of his head until he, he wrote this just to resolve it for himself. Yeah. So he could sleep better at night. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to write too much Hussey fan fiction, but I, I, this is such a random detail, I feel like it's plausible, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, we get a detail that, uh, this, this egg does, in fact, contain, uh, the cherub that would go on to be Caliborn. Um, and we see, after it's been laid, we see immediately <laughs> Gamzee is on the scene. The most uh, infuriating he... panel in this comic. It, it, Horrible. It's Gamzee just there. It's, like, it, it far exceeds the moment where, like, Caliborn leaves the lab and like Gamzee's in the distance. Like this is a new level. Gamzee, get out of here! It's so funny. It's so fucking funny. He's ready to be a father. Good, good for him. <laughs> uh, at this point in the story, um, Mina interrupts uh what's going on to let everybody know she's got to go take a pee break. Um, ghosts do pee. Uh, this is a canon fact in the Homestuck universe. Um, Nepeta and Fafetta are... <laughs> Man. Nepeta and Fafetta are here. Uh, <laughs> they're just kind of... Nepeta and Fafetta are just kind of, are just kind of here in these panels. Um, big chillin'. Uh, happy for him. Um... I, I, I absolutely love the panel where, like, their arms are in the air and they got their little faces over their heads. It is very cute. Feferi is, like, so much... It's so much easier to make her endearing when she doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. And I feel kind of bad for saying that, but it's also true. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we get the, the inner fishing, um... Solix falls down the stairs. Um, yeah, uh, break here. Anyway, um, we learned about how Gamzee became a father. 
Um, and it, and it's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Gamsey uh, tends to the infant cherubs. Um, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but it's it's not normal for cherubs to raise their young. Um, they they them being an asocial species does extend to parenting or lack thereof. Um, and so Gamzee stepping in to be like, to, to influence, uh, this cherub's upbringing in this way is not, not, not quite normal. Yeah. Um, and there's like, I forget where, where it says it. Um, I think it's 59, 89. Uh, this is an interesting detail. Um, so Arania describes it um, as... the uh, So here we go. Our villain had a number of acolytes operating in the shadows preparing for his arrival. Uh, we will probably never know who these scurrilous conspirators were, but it is evident that at some point the chair was locked in a room, either out of exasperation or for its own good until it was bold enough to enter the session. So... This kind of got the my the gears in my brain turning a little bit. Um, and this is what I wanted to talk about when I was talking to you about stuff uh, before we recorded. Okay. So, like, Caliborn slash Lord English has been, like, a lot of things so far in the story. Yeah. Um, when we first get the early Lord English stuff, like, and we get the Lord dumps in Act 5, Act 2, um, we talked a lot about how... Uh, Lord English's influence, or what we knew at the time as Lord English's influence, um, kind of took the form of, like, the Condess and, uh, the Handmaid, um, and how a big part of that was, like, sowing racial and class division in troll society, and how, at that point in the comic, basically all of Lord English's, uh, influence was represented through, like, political division. Yeah. Um... So that was, like, the first thing that Lord English ever was in the comic, um, besides, like, vague big bad. And then we got to, I forget what act, whenever we got our first, like, big Caliborn section, um, I think it was, uh, Act of Animation 4, um, Caliborn suddenly, he was a little shitter, he was awful, but he became a little bit more sympathetic because we kind of got the dimension of him having, like, you know, he's got a learning disability i guess which i still don't know how to think about that how to feel about that um the and so that kind of added a dimension to his character there has been the conversations like him and jake and like him like trying to like form some kind of camaraderie with other people which is from what we're seeing really unnatural cherubs um and then we get this detail where like uh caliborn's upbringing was like highly fucked with um, and he was, like, groomed for his role as Lord English. Yeah. And I, I'm just, like, I find this to be, like, a really interesting, like, weird new bump in the road for how to interpret this villain and, like, what it's, like, even if he's supposed to be, like, the ultimate villain in this case. Yeah. And I was, I was wondering if you had anything to add to that. Um, or like it, what you thought about like how this, the whole Lord English thing has progressed through what we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think it's really interesting to talk about the journey from Caliborn to Lord English. 
because it, it it mirrors a conversation. I, I don't think a lot of people talk about how it it mirrors this other conversation, and it's the conversation of uh, Vriska's like mingling with like interference with the the kids. Like mm-hmm. we 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 talked about it before, where like the timeline like uh, exists ahead of these events. Vriska was just kind of like putting herself in there and it like it had to happen like everything's a circle like the things happen because it has to set up the next thing that eventually circles all the way back around and completes a big big circle um Mm -hmm. the same exact thing it can be said about Caliborn like when when we heard about Lord English uh and I I I, I, now, now that we know, like where, uh, where the 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 cherub, our sacred little cherub, was born, and it's on a a future dead Earth that has been moved. Like, we, like the implications are all there. I think it's safe to say that, like, Caliborn's born in the future. Like, mm-hmm. all the hints are there. I, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point. Uh, so that means that, like. All the past Lord English mingling is like technically the future future, and it's just going back to that whole everything's a circle. So like, it, it really does bring into question like, yeah, Cal- Caliborn's he's a little shitter, but like, he really was f- kind of like groomed to be this big bad just for the sake of like completing a circle, mm-hmm. and it. It really calls a lot of things into question about Caliborn and Lord English. And I do I do think it really is interesting to talk about, but like more things are gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um I I just felt like this is like such a weird new people on it. And like it still doesn't like abs- like obviously doesn't absolve him of anything. Yeah. Um, because there's still like at this point like a very there's big reason to believe that um like, you know, Gamzee and Gamzee at all are uh, only acting under, like, whatever Lord English's orders would be whenever he came into the universe. Um, so, like, uh, at that point, Caliborn is, like, a victim of his future self, which is, uh, I don't know, con- uh, causality is weird. Yeah. Um, but I think it, I think that there is something here, like, th- there's, there's potential here for this to be, like, read as, as like, Commentary on like systems versus individual responsibility. Yeah. Um, which again, it's it's kind of early to say, but I I think it's really interesting how as we have learned more and more about our villain, um, he's almost become like more sympathetic. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, I think it's very cool. Um, and I, I guess the other thing is that when I when I went back and reread the green pages, um. I think it's really funny the way that, like, Doc Scratch would talk about, like, uh, Lord English making his entry into the universe in, like, a, a gentlemanly fashion, like, after the end of everything. And it's, like, the Lord English that we know that we know now, who was, like, rampaging the furthest ring, is, like, by all accounts, like, a creature of, like, pure hateful instinct. Yeah. Uh, it... The- like I said, there's a lot of implications right now uh, that haven't fully been explored, but, like, uh, one fact that I think is worth bringing up is the fact that 
Lord English doesn't have wings. And yeah, that, that, that it's kind of a sign of being mature for cherubs. And and he just flat out doesn't have them. Like we know that like, like Hussey said that like, he's going to be stunted forever, but Mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it seems to be implying like a more literal thing. Like he's literally going to be like a, a, a little child throwing a fit for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Lordless is getting, I think, more more depth through this than one would initially think from like a big lore dump, and I like it a lot. I think it's very cool. Yes. Um. Anyway, now we get a bunch of stupid bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So Arania then goes on describes what we already know about uh Caliborn eventually, you know, overcoming uh Calibri early hatching a plan to escape um and uh going into uh, uh launching a session with one player uh as a species that was never intended to play this game um and we, we then get some good information about uh what a one player session is like um that a lot of which we already knew. So yeah. no, no land, lots of bullshit tasks that would end up, uh, hardening him and just leading him into working hard out of spite. Um, the chores, uh, eventually, uh, reaching the denizen, um, Yaldabaoth. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I don't care. Um, we get an explanation of what, uh, the Denizen's choice is for Caliborn in a one, I guess in a one player session. Um, so the choice there, there between the two options, there is surrendering all ambition, um, giving up your own life, uh, and in exchange, the knowledge that your own death will at some point benefit everybody who was ever lived by helping to stop, uh, some great force of cosmic evil. Um, and the other hand, uh, you get to, by making the other choice, the path of the conqueror, you get to play a bullshit hard single player, uh, suburb session, um, come back, kill the denizen and exchange your granted immortality, um, and limitless power. And, uh, you only get one guess on what Caliburn ended up picking. Hmm. Surely it was the the one where he sacrifices himself. Of course, of course. Um so upon choosing the uh the path of the conqueror, um Skya does some silly bullshit, explodes into pool balls. <laughs> um and uh uh turns into a black hole. Um three of the pool balls uh, three of the planets, I'm sorry, in Caliborn session would be sucked into the black hole, uh saving him the trouble of having to do those. Um but the quest from that point is to conquer all of the planets, um destroy them, uh get a new uh, 
pal from each of them, a new a new mobster, a uh, leprechaun companion. Um, and ultimately uh, finish by destroying the eight ball planet. Uh, you have to do that one last uh, because pool. Um, and then uh, and then you get you get to go back to your real land, fight uh, Yaldabaoth, um, and then become immortal if you win. Uh, Th- th- that that's Caliborn session. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, did, and this is also this also explains how he gets the felt. Did, did you did you catch the reference? Do you, do you know what the the three planets to, are that fell? What, in, where the the three planets that fell into the black hole first? Did I miss something here? Am I a failure? Do do you, do you get the reference? Uh, no. Uh, that is that is a callback to the intermission. Uh, when when we see Spade Slick first open his chest, it it shows that three felt members have already been killed before he got there. Oh my god! And that's it. That's the that's the the balls for the the three felt members. That's epic. That is an epic callback. Funny callback that only intermission likers will will remember. <laughs> Shoutouts, even though I missed it, but uh, that's pretty. That's actually pretty cool. Um. So, uh, yeah, we, we now know a bit more details about Caliborn's stupid, stupid game. Um, and at this point, uh, Arania starts to lapse into Leprechaun Great. fangirling. Great! Um, she starts to elaborate on how where, where trolls have a romantic spectrum of, uh, four different types of, of attraction... Uh, leprechauns have nine, um, and they are all bullshit. Um, and I, they got slapstick shenanigans, they got, uh, a trove, um, I really hope that this isn't important because it's really stupid. (laughs) Just you wait, buddy. Fuck off. Fuck off. No way. Write all this down. It's it's gonna be on the exam. I hate you. I, I hate I hate this course. I'm dropping this. <laughs> um as Arania starts to lapse into uh leprechaun uh leprechaun talk, uh Vriska cuts her off. Um and uh shuts her up effectively. Um they share a big hug. Uh Vriska and Arania and uh, Vriska and Mina make rude gestures at one another. Um and uh Arania is is not does not seem super happy about this. Uh but that's where we're gonna leave that that them off. And then uh the last then the la- then when the, our our last panel of the reading is a big old jump scare. Uh oh god, this is horrifying. Yeah. Uh interesting thing going on with Terezi's eyes on the Terezi not page. looking good. Uh I I don't know, man. Uh she's looking like she can see. Yep. And she's also looking not great. Interesting that her eyes are not red and blinded. I wonder what that yeah. can mean. Yeah. Find out next time on a Homestuck podcast. <laughs> we're, we're just turboing out the, 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 the clothes. No, 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 no. We have, we have to reflect. <laughs> yeah. I think this was all in all a really good reading. I was a really big fan of this one. Yes! 
Yes, I I love the Cherub Lord dub. Like I know oh. I, I I know like you said it's weird. Now I agree that it's weird. And it kind of comes out of nowhere. And it's really out there for like Homestuck stuff. But I I love Cherubs. I I I wish there was more Cherub content like beyond this because this is kind of all we get. Because uh, there 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 were like implications with the with the Trickster arc about like Cherub folklore, and I I want to know like where all that comes from. Uh. I love cherubs. I need more of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot like there's a lot going on here between like um there's a couple drops there like uh Caliborn um brings up like the dark carnival and I would really love to hear to get like a more comprehensive like lore connection between whatever the fuck uh Caliborn like bullshits to hussy um in his the over the course of his quest and the development of like the the high bloods clown religion yeah um i think that's really interesting um they're, they're like i i like caliborn says something about like the leper like they're gnomes maybe leprechauns then Arani is like they're leprechauns but some will say they might be gnomes like shit like that is is I don't think you necessarily need to like expand more on that, but I think it's a cool connection. Yeah. Um. And and it like it hints on like how the how the mythology is passed down. Um. Yeah. The 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 actual like cherub lore is like it's weird, but I kind of appreciate it for being like just straight up like mythological. Yeah. Um. I I kind of really like the idea of like. Uh, Caliborn, like, Lord English is, like, they done and kidnapped a god, and they made him fucked up. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, Homestuck, for all of its, like, weird mysticism and shit, like, Homestuck really does kind of lack in this kind of thing that, like, truly feels, like, mythological, like... A lot of the stuff gets explained away or is, like, part of a game mechanic and it kind of demystifies a little bit. Um, but this just, like, being, like, outside of, like, suburb, like, there's this whole insane alien race that presides over the rest of the universe is, I think it's, I think it's really cool. I can understand why somebody wouldn't like it, but I, I think I am gonna lean on being a fan of it. Yeah, yeah, same. Like, there's, there's, like, there's, like, hints in there that, like, I, I just, I just want to know more about, because, like, the... The, the fact that, like, you know, Big Snake transformation taps into the same energy that, that like, God-tearing seems to come from. Maybe. 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 And the fact that, like, cherubs aren't supposed to play Spurb when, mm-hmm. like, like, Spurb seems to be just, like, a construct that just crops up naturally in, in every universe. But at the same time, cherubs seem to naturally crop up in every universe and like i want to i want to know i want to know the connection i Mm -hmm. i'm grasping at it i want to (laughs) know yeah it is altogether very very cool i think um yeah the 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 dave and carcat stuff uh great great shit love love them um only real complaint is is how weird that dave sprite section felt but i think everything else was like varied between um very good character stuff and like very cool yeah i i i guess the good part is like it's not over for dave sprite like that's that's not like gonna be like like the last mm-hmm. moment where we see him that'd be kind of fucked up if it was uh 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. You know, there's a lot that can happen. There's a lot that's gonna happen uh, before this comic ends. But like, the the whole it like you know, Dave Sprite got all of his all of his uh, trouble over the three years in like three panels and then left. Yeah, he, he did it in a monologue. It just feels weird. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think this one was really great. Uh, I, I can't wait to, to find out what the fuck is going on with Terezi here. Poor, poor Terezi. Yeah. Got, we got a lot of, we got a lot of interesting stuff on the way in, in, I, I feel like after this episode, it's safe to say we're in the, we're in the like final stretch of the comic. Cause. Oh God. Oh fuck. Uh, I, because since the comic is only 8,000 pages long. Uh, I like to see it in fourths because it feels kind of natural. I mean, there's the it's sectioned into four different parts, like in the, in the the map on on the mm. website. So like it's there. Uh, but man, six thousand pages. We have a quarter of the comic left. Woo, two thousand to go, huh? It only goes yeah. up from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I it, it, the the other thing I was thinking about about the cherub stuff that like I, I think it's awesome that like. Um, even though it feels weird how late it's coming in, it, it's, it is also cool to me that, like, the, the comic is just doing stuff like that and, like, mixing it up and bringing in, like, new cool shit, yeah. like, this late into it. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's kind of hard to pull off, and I, I, I enjoyed it the way it did here. It didn't feel like a stupid, like, it didn't feel stupid. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week, we are going to be reading pages uh, 6016 to 6111. Okay. Nice uh, little 95 there. Alright. Um, anything else to... to uh, any other closing thoughts before we uh, wrap this one up? Uh, I don't think so. Alright. Yeah, I think I got out everything I, want, I wanted to say, too. Alright. Um, shall we, uh, take this one to the close? We shall. All right. Well, listeners, you have been listening to A Homestuck Podcast. I am Aiden. And I'm John. Uh, John, we'd like to shout out our patrons. Yes. Shout out to the big six. <gasps> six. Uh, Gareth, uh, Corin, RBW, Ina E, and Darsh. Oh, wait a second. I said the last name for Gareth. Without asking, I don't know who this person is. I just assumed that they want their last name. Alex, just... edit that out. Alex, edit it out. Uh, <laughs> Gareth F. <laughs> Gareth F. Shout out Gareth F. Uh, I, I said your last name, and it is now edited out. Uh, um, but if you want your last name said, you can come to the Discord and tell me directly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, shout out to our patrons. Uh if, if you want to give us money, you can go over to patreon.com slash hpcast. Uh, our, the, the main perk is that you get to listen to the episodes at the start of the weekend instead of uh, immediately afterwards. Um, you can also check out our intermission episodes, uh, which are on topics that are not homestuck, a full month before we release them to the general public. Um, our most recent of those is uh, on Promare, the gay firefighter anime film by Studio Trigger. So, if any of those things interest you, uh, or if you just want a fancy role in our Discord server, you can go over to our Patreon and give us your money. Um, so, there's the Patreon shill out of the way. Um, shout out to 
all of our other listeners. Uh, also, very much appreciated. Uh, love all of you. It's awesome. Uh, anybody's listening to this uh, to us, uh, bullshit about this. Um, and uh, we appreciate uh, you sticking with us uh, as we head into the six thousand page range. Good God. Oh. Uh, shout out to Alex, our artist and editor, uh, my favorite guy, our favorite guy, uh, enables everything we do. Big ups to Alex. We love you. Um, and I think, uh, that that covers it. So we will catch you next time, uh, with pages 6,000 to 16 to 6,111. And the truck started beeping. Man. Immediately. Man, horrible timing. Come on, man. Anyway, we'll see you guys next week. See ya. <laughs>